Birthdays are always endeared and cherished, especially when they are of some anchors in your life, some very dear people like parents, siblings, children. Well, nothing much to ado. Today is actually one celebrated day, truly me in festive spirits. But diverting the tea to tea towards our goal of the day, let me announce the topic of the day. It's gonna be dozing schedules again. Yes, part two. And let us all give some heat to this one. Welcome all to Is Pharmacology Difficult Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Radhika Vijay, MBBS MD, Pharmacology, and this is the audio hub to get the best simplified basic tips, strategies, methods, and lots of ideas to learn better, understand better, and make your concepts crystal clear. If you really find, and if there's a question hovering in your minds, is pharmacology difficult? Lend your ears for a while and let in the magic of knowledge. Well, 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 it's so enthralling. A beautiful day to talk to you all. Just reminding you all that we have actually covered a few of the special states when every time the half-life was not much long, maximum up to 24 hours. So today's a set of colloquy will be done for the drugs having a very, very long half-life. Why this situation requires a special episode, a special concern. Cause... Such group of drugs possess high volume of distribution, their nature is cumulative and the rate of clearance is quite slow. And yes, let me present the celebrated examples. First one is Dazepam having a half-life of 20 to 60 hours and volume of distribution around 40 to 60 liters. Then we have Dijoxin having a half-life of around 40 hours and the volume of distribution being 640 liters. And how can we forget the chloroquine having a half-life of around 40 hours and volume of distribution around 130 liters. Now it's the desirable state to obtain a steady state plasma concentration level. Well, it actually takes all about five half-lives. You remember that, no? For this wonderful wish to come true. Do you have an abundance of patients? No. Is there any emergency? If not, it may be something to account like anxiety neurosis to be treated with diazepam or moderate depression that can be treated with diazepamine. It doesn't really matter if the drug takes a few days to reach a steady state plasma level. We are not in a hurry at all in these states. But what if there is a congestive heart failure with atrial fibrillation? Yes, you need to administer digoxin urgently. Or there is a state of high-grade fever, as in malaria. The patient needs chloroquine without any delay. You cannot wait for the drug to take its sweet, slow time and course. You need to hasten the process. One quick solution is to administer an initial loading dose or nice to call it the priming dose that promises to reach the steady state level in no time at all. And then after that, you can actually give a maintenance dose that will work to maintain the steady state level which is already achieved. 
Now actually I can give you a formula to calculate the loading dose. All you need are the two parameters, the plasma concentration of the drug and the volume of distribution. And the loading dose formula goes something like simply is equal to desired plasma concentration multiplied by the volume of distribution. Okay, now is the moment to talk about a few special drugs. The first one on the list is the chloroquine. Why do you need to have a loading dose for it? Well, it has a very long half-life and it is actually cumulative in nature. Next in my list is lignocaine. Yes, it does have short half-life. Then you might be wondering, still we need to give a loading dose. And especially when it's a condition of cardiac arrhythmias. You cannot risk the delay in this condition. No, not at all. The next in my list, I have names of antibacterials like sulfonamides and antibiotics like doxycycline. Okay, why a loading dose for these? Cause plasma concentration of these drugs is needed to be always kept a step higher than a minimum inhibitory concentration and all this effort is not in vain, no. All this effort prevents the development of the bacterial resistance which is a actually very big problem. And to your other wonder, you have to follow the said implications, the said rules, the said criteria only and only when you are dealing with a considerable healthy individual. What do I mean by that? Well, you see, this is because everything and all the parameters, the criteria, they can change dramatically in people with impaired liver diseases with impaired kidney states and also in people having a pharmacogenetic variation. Let's talk about that in some detail. In case of renal impairment, the clearance of drugs gonna suffer so much. And in the liver impairment, the drug metabolism is altered or actually it's hampered. If it's a pharmacogenetic condition, then the drug response is altered. It may be absent totally, it may be enhanced, etc, etc. It depends, you know. And you just cannot predict. But I can predict one thing for sure. The clock is ticking, it's hands and it is hitting the time. That resounds the closing of today's epic verbal ceremony. Yes, let us wrap up. You might be having an awaited get-together or some awaited celebration to attend. Well, me too. Here we go. For all the updates and latest episodes of my podcast, please visit www.isfarmacologydifficult.com where you can also sign up for a free monthly e-newsletter of mine. It actually contains a lot of updates about medical sciences and drug information updates also. You can follow me on different social media handles like Twitter, Insta, Facebook and LinkedIn. They all are with the same name. Is Pharmacology Difficult? If you are listening for the first time, you can follow and subscribe whatever platform you are consuming this episode. Stay tuned. Do rate and review on iTunes Apple Podcast. Stay safe, stay happy, stay enlightened. Thank you.